welcome, welcome, welcome to Doing It With Purpose podcast, where I am your host, Kanias T. Summers, Sr. They call me AKA Little Cuddy. Also, I have my co-host with me, Mr. Greg Peterson, AKA The Deke. Deke. And today, uh, we're coming to you live from Dazzell, South Carolina, yeah. where we have our special guest, Stevie, Randy, McCall, AKA Big Mac. Um, you'll hear later on in the story, they refer to him and I as Shrek and Donkey, and then we have his lovely, beautiful bride of many, many years, Miss Dina McCall. Miss McCall. And uh, today we just wanted to uh, come to you uh, with a podcast of inspiration, with a podcast about um, a story that um, is a miracle. At the end of the day, it's a miracle. I think sometimes many people confuse blessing with miracles, um, and so... Uh, we wanted to bring to you and allow you to witness um, a miracle. And so, uh, Greg, you heard a little bit about the story. We're going to get into some questions here. Yeah. But what is your take on it so far, man? Man, hey, guys, a living testimony, man. Yes, hey, he is. Guys, a, a living miracle, man. Um, <clears throat> just to see some of the accolades around this, around this room, around this house, man, the stuff that he's achieved, and hey, what he got going on now, man. And hey, he's been. Nothing but a pleasure, hey, since I met him today for the first time. Just uh, you should be in his. Should have tried meeting him back when I first joined the military. <laughs> but hey, we'll get to that. We'll okay, get to okay, that. Okay, we'll okay, get to yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, he couldn't have been no worse than what you was, man. Hey. No way. Come on in, Mac. Come well, on in. Well, I'll tell you like this. You know, first of all, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you, Greg, for inviting me on this podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I want to thank Kanias, who I call. Little donkey, <laughs> for also inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. But um, you know, it's a pleasure to have a, you. There's a lot to say, and um, I'm very excited to uh to tell my story because uh, what you see before you is is real. Yes. You know, yes. so it's real. So I'll either start with introduction or I'll let my I'm a little donkey style with an introduction. Well, so let's start out with the the very beginning because in order to know where you're going, you got to know where you came from, right? So if I recall, when I met you back in 2002, you were already Sergeant McCall to me or Big Mac. Um, but how did we get to you being Sergeant McCall? Take us back to – because I heard you played football – I haven't seen that one tackle recorded in the record book, <laughs> but uh, let's just talk about, you know, uh, okay. in the beginning, your All football right. days, and, and how you met your lovely bride. Well, I'll tell you like this. I'm Stevie Randy McCall. Everybody that knows me or interested in meeting me, they call me Big Mac. I was born in Sumter County, 1968. I'm a Gemini. In the backwoods, but go ahead. Yes. <laughs> Not farther back than Batesburg. <laughs> but I grew up in Sumter County. I'm a graduate of Hillcrest High School. Okay. Which is in Dazzle, South Carolina. Um, I met my wife in high school. We are high school sweethearts. That's what's up, man. Oh, yeah. And we've been married now. Okay, I don't want to make a say get the number wrong. We've been married. You got to get that right, man. 36 years. 36 years. He got it right? Yeah, he got it right. Oh, so, Miss <laughs> Dina, uh, we're going to try to get you set up for an award, an Emmy, an Oscar, a Grammy. 36 oh, years yes. with Big Mac. Yes. 
Okay. All right, I'm rolling. Now. I'm rolling. Let me keep going. <laughs> yeah, all right. All so, right. I played sports in high school. Um, I excel a little bit at football. So, after graduation, I went on to play college ball at Knoxville College in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is an HBC school. Okay. Okay, that's what's up, man. What position did you play? Well, at that in high school, I played outside linebacker. And then when I went to Knoxville, I played outside linebacker. Okay, then. Okay. Uh, while I was in college, I also joined the ROTC. So I had a lot going on being a student and had my commitment to the Army. Um, you know, my wife, we had our first child together, my oldest son, Stevie, while I was away in college. So I had to balance those two things together. And next thing I know, we had Kale, which is my oldest daughter. So right then, I pretty much stopped my football career to come home and take care of my family. Okay. And the best way of doing that, I really, I joined the military. So I joined the military, I was a reservist for four years, but then I went Act Dewey in 1992. So from 1992 up until 2016, when I retired from Fort San Antonio as an instructor of general science. So I'm gonna back up a little bit. My first part of my military career, my first duty station was Fort Riley, Kansas. I've served. Big red one. Big red one, yes, okay. right. Okay. I've served overseas in Germany and Korea, and I'm a veteran of the Iraq War. Congrats. So now I'm going to get to the good part about how I met this young man here on my right. And we're going to bleep all of this out. <laughs> Just for you listeners and you viewers, yeah. we're taking this portion of it out. No. I'm going to make sure it be on here. I need to know this, man. <laughs> so. To keep the story going, after I uh, came back from Korea, um, I got assigned to Fort Jackson, which was a um, compassionate reassignment of my father. Bless his heart, bless, he's gone on glory. My father had an industrial accident where he had his left arm cut off. So I got a compassionate we assigned it to come home and pretty much help take care of my father. So I brought my family back to South Carolina. I was stationed at Fort Jackson, where I was in CIC, in the DENTAC, which is a dental activity. So in 2002, um, they introduced me to this young E4 from Batesburg, Name Cornelius Summers. <laughs> he had just gotten from ETS, I'm sorry, EPCS2 from Fort Campbell. Yeah. And um, one thing I know about him, first looking at him, he always spoke with confidence. And to tell you the truth, he was a little cocky. Oh, yeah. Never a been cocky. <laughs> a lot. Not a day in and my life. That's that gator in him. You can't tell him nothing anyway. Nothing. <laughs> but I will tell you this about this young soldier. 
he is one of the most technical, technical skill person that I have ever known in my life. How much you pay you to say that, Matt? Well, you know what? I, I he didn't pay me nothing yet, but he still owe me. <laughs> okay, then. Okay. So I hey, listen. That's Greg's favorite comment to me. He'll call me and say, uh. Uh, I asked him to do something. Hey, don't you owe me some money already? Don't you owe me something? Yeah. So, yeah, I owe everybody. I owe everybody. Well, you know, the thing that really brought us together was, you know, him being back home in South Carolina, being from Batesburg, he uh, hooked up with all his cousins. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's one of them. That's one yeah. of them over there. But Larry, Hollywood. Yeah, my brother-in-law. Yeah. Uh, what's my man name? Jamal. Jamal, Jamal Barr. Yeah. yeah, the school teacher. Yeah. So, Cornelius was hanging out with his cousins on the weekend, as usual. <laughs> so, come Monday morning, Cornelius is missing in action. Not AWOL. Yeah, he AWOL. I was still hungover. He absolutely was not me. Yeah. I was still hungover. So, our first sergeant was, first sergeant Quinn question. Oh, yeah. Call me and say, have you seen that little boy? <laughs> I said, no, first of all, I haven't seen him. She said, well, he missing his action. So, next thing I know, I get a call from Cadiz. And you can tell he's emotional. Yes. Which yeah. he probably was hungover. Yes. He's like, Mac, I'm in trouble. First of all, he call me to the office. Because I made wall. I what happened? Well, he said that he was hanging out and he just overslept. Yeah, my Mr. Lucky Days. So first I told him to come to my office and bring Sergeant McCall with you. So we went up to the office. So she brought Kanias in, chewed him out, brought me in, but I don't know why. But she chewed me out. That's him. That's him. And the next thing, the last thing came out of her mouth is, that's your soldier. The oh, now yeah. I'm on. Okay. Whatever he do is going to be because of you. Yeah. That's how we met. And mm. we worked together. Well, let's back up, Matt, because I agree with your story, but we met a little bit differently, if you recall. Okay. I showed up to the unit. I think I had been in the unit. A half a day, and I went to, you know, headquarters was inside the dental clinic, and I knocked on first sergeant door, and the first thing she told me was some explicit words, get your butt in this office, close the door. <laughs> and she said, uh, you ain't been here 48 hours, and I'm getting called from your baby mama. You got baby mama drama already. And she got on the phone and said, Mac, come get him. Yeah. Come get him. He was Mac was working down at a PES, which is where all the trainees go through to get their x-rays taken before they go to basic training. And so uh, next thing I know, he walk in, and uh, I'm seeing this big 6'2", 6'3", giant. I'm like, oh, my goodness, she finna get me beat up. And uh, that's how we kind of met. And he just said, hey, man, keep your nose clean. Congratulations. I hear you getting promoted. We're going to help you out. But uh, I went home a couple weeks, and I was already partying. And that I had yeah. got promoted and celebrating, and I overslept. So, yeah, after that, he took me under his wing. And, uh, well, I tell you. Cadiz, you know, me and you, we had some real professional times. Oh, yeah. And we had some real personal times. Oh, yeah. And 
One thing about it, and what I truly believe is, a young soldier is a direct reflection of his NCO. Yes. So I wanted to pass on my skill, my knowledge of what it takes to be a consistent, I ain't say the best NCO, but to be a consistent non-commissioned officer. And you absorb that, even though we had a little hiccup, yes, I had oh, yeah. to call you and choose you out many oh, days. Oh, my goodness, everybody. Okay? Because one thing about Cadiz is, I don't know, some people will always try to pick on him because they think that he had small man yeah. syndrome. Yeah, I did. So <laughs> they wouldn't, the people in our work environment wouldn't give him the same respect. As it would get me. Yes, I was big. Yeah, I was bald headed, and I had that look on my face that, you know what, I'm not the one you want to mess with. <laughs> but as I told everybody, and I still say this today, about my military career, I always been hard. I was very firm, but I always been fair. And Canadians could tell you that. Oh, yeah. When. We can do things together. We can hang out on the weekend. But one thing about it, when you show up to work. It's time to work. You know what my my expectations were? And my job was to hold you to the standard. And that's what I did. And that's how our relationship grew. And you did just that. Um, Because I remember it was days that as I was learning my roles and duties as an NCO and how to be a leader, um, I was a little rough around the edges because I did have that little man syndrome on the Napoleon complex. And uh, I thought it, at first it was all about hitting people over the head with a hammer to get them to do what I needed them to do. But then Matt would ask them to do something, not tell them, but just ask them, and they would jump through hoops. Um, and so I picked up on those qualities, and uh, we would sit in his office. I remember Miss Dina. It might be a game that the Cowboys didn't want. If the Cowboys won, he came oh, in with his... Look where he going. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm telling the story. I'm telling yeah. the truth. Yeah. If I ever tell a lie, you stop me, okay? Yeah. But I remember sitting in your office, and I said, hey, Bo, because, you know, you from the country. That's how we talk. Hey, Bo, what you got for lunch today? You said, Bo, don't play with me. I said, what you got for lunch? Bo, if you hungry, look down there and get you some of them noodles out the drawer, and you can have some of them, but you ain't getting none of this. And Miss Dina have you some ribs and rice, and you had all these... Good things to eat, but you never brought me in. And so I said, man, I was buying one of that nasty food. And the first thing he said, don't you talk about my wife, boo. I said, I ain't talking about your wife. I just said, I don't want none of that nasty food. Don't you talk about my wife, boo. But I laugh at that because there would be things that we needed to get done. And in the position that I was in, in comparison to the position that you were in, you never made me feel like I wasn't smart enough, good enough, or NCO enough to be at your level. Even though you outranked me by um, a rank, you always treated me like I was your equal. But you also corrected me when needed be. Um, And if it's one takeaway, even to this day, um, our friendship has been over 20 plus years. You taught me something not only as a man, as a father, as a husband, but you said, Summers, your best leadership has to be at home. If your leadership doesn't work at home, don't bring it here to this clinic. Don't bring it to this army. Your best leadership has to be at home. And I stand by that to this day. Um, Let me write that down, man. That's a great saying. Well, I'll tell you like this. That's a quote yeah. that I went and saw a spectacular fabulous speaker down at Fort Benning when I was TDY one time. 
His name was General Russell Honorary. Yeah. Okay, some of you might know him. He's that guy that you see on TV when there's a hurricane about to hit Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. He's that that general. Okay, he's that general that went down there when there was chaos everywhere and they called him in and he straightened things out. Hurricane Katrina. He was a spectacular leader and he was a wonderful motivator. And Yes, I got that from him. Okay, then. And another thing I got from him, he said, you know what? Don't be stuck on stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sound about like my I, uncle, My, my, my yeah. stuck on stupid button got stuck a few oh, times. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, stuck, man. Mac would pull me out because, as I was telling you earlier, Greg, uh, a true story. I remember, uh, I forgot what it was that I had to do. And how the story came about was um, not only was I – blessed enough to understand things quickly and be able to perform and get a task done. Um, God also gave me the gift of with my hands. So whereas some soldiers were just dental assistants or if they went to school for what they call X2 and they could clean teeth, um, I had doctors and providers who were wanting me to learn how to do actual dental procedures. And so uh, Colonel Green, Colonel Johnson, all these guys that we work with, Dennis, they allowed me to um, come in and do fillings and allowed me to do certain things um, in the dental clinic. And so we had this one employee who was, she went to school for it. I was doing OJT on the job training, but I was seeing more people than her. And um, I asked her to do something one day and she felt like, well, you should go do it because I should be doing the filling on this, on this patient, whatever the case may be. So I didn't rush through the filling. I got my work done. She already had went to go change. And it was at the end of the day, she was walking out but instead of me being a leader and just writing stuff on paper, you know, I'm going to go file out here and I'm going to confront her. I'm going to let this lady know who's in charge. Yes. I don't care that you're taller than me. I don't yes. care how long your husband been in the military. I don't care what you drive. This is my dental clinic along with Sergeant McCall. And if you ain't going to respect that, then we finna have it out. And so this lady was ready to throw hands with me, man. I walked outside because there was a crowd of people around. Like, what's going on out here? You know? Yeah. Next thing I know, I see her threatening Sergeant Summers and Sergeant Summers, but he's supposed to be a professional. Yes. He like pretty much forgot where he was and what was his responsibility. He like, yeah. well, come on then, let's go ahead and get him. <laughs> that was Gator coming out of you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you ain't supposed to hit a, a woman, but no. if she would have put her hands on me, I felt like I was in every right to defend myself. Well, but... I snatched him up and dragged him back into the clinic. Yeah, he told me his feet was and banging him. told him, yeah. people say, y'all carry your butt on home. Okay, because yeah. it's already after hours. You don't be here, soldier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had to bring him in and tell him that you cannot get respect that way. Oh, okay? Yeah. You already know you have a position of authority. Okay, um, but when you stoop down to their level, yes. guess what? You lose your credibility, yeah. all right? You never give up your credibility, all right? No matter what. Frank Lyman and NCO Queen say, what could he is? No one is more professional than I. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Okay? So like the first lady say, hey, when they go high, you got to go low. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But one thing about him, I told you earlier, he was a technical expert. And he had a little cockiness in him. Yes. So if I if I couldn't do something on the computer, uh, 
There's nothing wrong with asking for help. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's somebody that's higher rank than you, a civilian, or lower rank. Well, guess what? You was my partner. My sister is your IC. So I went to him because I knew he had the skill. Yeah. So he'll come in the office. Yes, I'm called. What you need? I said, Well, I'm trying to do this. I need to get this done. Well, <laughs> Mac, Mac, you always call me Mac, Mac. Just move out the way, Mac. Move out the way. That's him. What do you mean, move out the <laughs> way? Yeah, I want you to show me, not do it. I like you. He'll come in and tell me get out the way from my own desk. I said, Show me how to do it. That way, I can learn it, and then I don't need you. And yeah. we can pass that information on down the line. That's he how you let feel. You do that, yeah, Mac. Oh, yeah. He like that. He like that. He still like that yeah. today, yeah. Mac. Because I'm not. I'm not just. Uh, Computer savvy evil, man, but you know. And then I'm actually an Android guy, man. So hey, and they all Apple people, man. Two so hey, oh, not two strikes. Come on, Miss McCall. I was on your side, Miss McCall. But hey, I call him my my wife, my lovely wife, Michelle Peterson. She actually bought me a, a MacBook Air for my um, retirement, 34 years from uh, Michigan. So I get the the MacBook Air, and hey, I like you said, Mr. McCall, hey. I know he know how to do it, but I don't want to call him because yeah. I know how he going to act. But That's I got to right. call him right. to get him to show me how to do this stuff. And they, he's like, hey, well, do this right here. Do that. Well, you just doing what you want to do. With it. Man, I'm doing what you asked me to do, man. I don't know how to do this right here, man, Ooh, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, hey, hey, just give me the laptop, man, whatever. Hey, man, I want you to show me so I can do it. But, Mac, I, I got a solution for it now. Okay. I just found out the solution this week. Call baby girl. Baby girl is much more pleasant. Okay. She's going to show you how to do it. She's going to teach you how to do it. This podcast is supposed to be about inspiration and not beating up on Cuddy. On Summers or anybody. I talked to his son earlier, CJ, and I told CJ, I said, you know what? Whenever he comes at you like, hey, you know what? Get out of the way. Let me do it. Yeah. I said, the only way you can kill that is to go ahead and learn it and surpass his level of knowledge. That way... Instead of you coming to him, he will come to you. Exactly. That's how and I'm going to take this opportunity, and I've done it for the last couple of episodes and the check-in. I got to give credit. Shout out to CJ because, um, yes, our face and name are on this podcast, and things are getting done, but behind the scenes, um, he does everything. He even walk away from the signboard when we're trying to start the podcast. <laughs> well, but, guess uh, what? He does everything. I can't take it from him, Mac. And uh, he's he, a direct reflection of his father. But yes. he's still and eighteen. Both of y'all, both of y'all should be proud because I am. As much as I love my father, my father ain't here now. Yes. Yeah. Do not take that for granted. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we yeah. we always we fire him two or three times a week, but hey, in all honesty, we need the guy, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we need him. Yeah. We couldn't like yeah. the we couldn't make this thing work, hey, like I was working, hey, yeah. without him or whatever. So I'm, that's enough hard of praise him. for him, man. He yeah. all right, man. Well, that's oh, the younger yeah. generation. He's yeah. a, he's, yeah, he's a future. A teenager. He's a teenager. Yeah, yeah but Miss Dean, it's stressful. It's stressful. <laughs> yeah. It's stressful. That's my little dude from Cross. I asked him yeah. all week to do something, and then next thing you know, he's like, "Dad, I got it. I got it. I got it." So I got Greg calling me at the shop. Hey, man, you, you got the content ready. You did this. You posted that. You posted that. I'm like, hey, CJ hasn't done this yet. Hey, when are you going to do it? 
hey, man, I don't know. So then CJ will go and do just enough to appease Greg and send it out. He's like, hey, dude, that's fine. I love that. I love that. Hey, you hired again. You hired again. So CJ turned to me. Hey, see, Dad, that's all you got to do is just let me do it. Man, it's three days gone by. It's called job security. But see what? But see, we keep it. Job security, CJ. We keep it real on this podcast. So I'm going to ask you, because how many times have I told you to do something? And you turn around and you do the direct opposite. 180. That's what we're here for. Right. Uh, you know what that's what we're down here, Mr. McCall. That's why we're here. So, you know, I'm telling you something. Canius, he has a level, I'd say, by his technical skills. The guy is very smart, okay? And one thing I'm proud of him, and I'm proud of all my soldiers, he went on after we separated. He went to Europe, and I went a different way. But he worked hard, and his damn all the way in Europe would come back to me about the great things he was doing for the military. Yeah. And one thing I'm proud of him is he even surpassed me. He got promoted to E7 before I did. And he called me. That's not true. That's not true. We came out on the E7 list together. <laughs> okay, well, guess You were what? number 10. Yeah. And I was number 21. Well, I didn't know I got promoted. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't. Yeah. Okay? You uh, called me and told me, hey, Matt, no, because you don't think we need to go back. You got promoted before me. Oh. Because you called me and said, Matt, I feel bad because I made the list. I got promoted the next year. Okay? So you surpassed me. Do you remember what date you got promoted? <laughs> August 1st. 2000. 2009. See, I got promoted. Uh, 2008. 2000, no, I just, I just got to Germany in 2007. I didn't get promoted till 2009. Okay, we ain't going to go back and forth on that. Yeah, that's, that's but old, guess what? Old age. Guess what? <laughs> you laid out a wonderful military career. And you should be proud of the things that you've done and you accomplished. As well as I'm proud of all the soldiers. All my soldiers. That's one thing I can say. Oh, yeah. When I retired, and yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot of praise and acclamations and awards. But the one thing I can honestly say that what I gave back to the military was I took a part of me and passed it on to my younger soldiers, and they went on to accomplish greater things. Oh, yeah. Some of them became first sergeants. Some of them went on. Some of them on the list of sergeant major. Pinafore. Some of them are officers. And one thing about it, they are all family people, God-loving people, and did a great job serving their country. And I always talk to these, I say, you know, when your military career comes to an end, when you stand in front and get all the praises and all those glories for all the years, all you gotta do is look to your left and look to your right. If your wife and your children are standing beside you, then you have complete the circle. Amen. Yeah. And one thing I'm gonna give credit to my wife, dear. Hold on, hold on. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, we, got this on tape. we got this on tape. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you like this. We got married. And um, when I came home after my sophomore year of college, because she was pregnant with my son, my father, him being a minister, called me home for Tennessee, told me that me and my wife were going to get married. <laughs> we got married June 22nd, 1987. And she's been with me every step of the way. And I always used to tell people, they used to criticize me for this, but my wife would get up in the morning and while I'm getting ready for work, she would polish my boots. Wow. That's the truth. Okay. And Great wife. She think I used to be bragging on that. <laughs> but, yes, she hung in there with me every step of the way. Now, y'all see me here sitting in this chair here. That's because I, um, as I retired in 2016, uh, a little less than a year, I got diagnosed with ALS which is called Lou Gehrig disease. If you're not familiar, Google it, and it'll tell you everything. My wife is a nurse. Went to school at a little age in our marriage while we were still in the Army. And she went on, she left the restaurant business as a manager and decided she wanted to become a nurse. So she went back to school at 40 years old, mm. she was a mother, she was a wife, and she was a student, and she worked a full-time job. We got another MVP, y'all. Yes. <laughs> another so, MVP. Yeah. I got to praise her name because, like I said, God brought us together, and God has kept us together, and me having this disability right here. She is not only my wife, she's my full-time nurse. She retired as a nurse to take care of me. I tell me how good God is. God oh, is yeah. great. He's awesome. Yes. So we together 365 days a year. Okay, rain, shine, seal, snow. Yes, we have our days where she might say something I don't like. <laughs> And I might fire right back. <laughs> but our journey has not ended. We still working towards our journey. Got a long way to go. But I just want to take the time and give a shout out and a praise so to God McCall. for my wife, dear. Yeah, oh, Miss McCall. I always say this. I say, you know what? I might not deserve her, mm. but I thank God for her. Amen. amen. <laughs> yes, so, yes. With that being said, hey, let's bring Miss McCall in. Yeah. Hey. See what she has to say about this story. Well, you know where the military goes. Like people ask him, well, how long did you serve? And I said, we served. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's my rank, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I earned seven. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, because when you have a military spouse, and I, I used to get upset because when he was away at, with, in Iraq, my son was in Iraq too. But anytime he was deployed to Korea for a year, I was one of the spouses that cut their own grass. You know, wow. do you know, you know, I did think even though his company would come back and say, 
Miss McCall, what can we do for you? Yes, they, ma'am. The support was there. Yeah. But I was one of those spouses that were like, I don't need you. Yeah, I, I got this handle. Yeah, yeah I got it. The what do you I all need, need from you, me? Yeah. yeah, you better be there yes, for ma'am. me. But um, yeah, we so we served that, um, served that time together. And uh, our journey's been interesting. Some days, like he says, we hate ourselves. Hey, I'll be like, I can't stand you. <laughs> and there's, but there's nowhere we can't walk out. Yeah. You know, you can't open up the door and walk out. You gotta go away for a minute. And yeah. Say this is what we got. Yeah, you know, this exactly. is this is us. So exactly. and you turn around and come back in and like, okay. Yeah. We're going to talk to each other now. I, oh, yeah. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk to you for about 10 minutes, but I'm going to come back in. Just yeah. don't talk to me when the cowboy game yeah. or we'll be all right. That's my nap time. Yeah, yeah that's her sleeping time. She knows, dude. If yeah. they, why are we on this podcast? Let me say this. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Listen to family, friends, comrades, compadres, whoever, whatever category you fit in. If the cowboy game is on, <laughs> I am not available. <laughs> Typical cowboy fan. And if the cowboy lose, I will not communicate <laughs> to you until Thursday. Typical cowboy fan. Typical right. cowboy. So, Miss Dina, you have to tell us because some people who I have shared this comment with this story. What was a typical morning? The morning after a cowboy loss. <laughs> no, no, no. It starts after the cowboy. After the game. Okay, it's after like, the game. First of all, we're like all looking at each other like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be good. one of those days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, you know, but I you know, this this last cowboy loss which we weren't expecting. No. Uh, you know, uh he was <laughs> Right, the pastor say I have a good bad day. Yeah, he had a good bad day. <laughs> a good bad day. A good <laughs> bad day. Thank you, Pastor Willis, for putting that on me. <laughs> but love you. He, uh, you know, he'll be quiet. You know, we we don't approach him for a minute, but then we come in, and and he knows if it's a game that they should have won. Yeah. You know, it's it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, he, as he's aged, like fine wine. Uh-huh. He's gotten better. Oh wow! He he he's gotten better. Um, we haven't had to send him to counseling or anything yeah. like that, but he's gotten better over it. But I can remember back in the day when he was in the army. Oh yes, ma'am. Yeah, he didn't. You didn't approach him till Thursday. So I remember he came to PT one Monday morning, and uh, he was in charge of PT. So he stretches out and, you know, he had a walking profile. He didn't run, <laughs> but uh, he came out there and. Uh, Gave us a right face, forward march, double time. Are we looking like, Mac, don't run? Like, he normally like turn it over to one of the other NCOs and we take the sodas out right, running. Right. And he started calling Cadence and he was running. I was like, Mac, what's going on? <laughs> Shut up, boy. Cowboys lost. We just finna run. We just ran and ran and ran. And so when we got back, we all tired. We're like, if Mac can run now, like when he take the PT test, he did the walk. What's right. going on? So we get back to the office. I'm like, hey, Mac, what's going on? He said, boy, I've been up since 4 o'clock. I said, 4 o'clock? For what? I know it's a little drive from something to right. Dazelle to, to the post, but we don't have PT at 6, 6.30. He said, man, I woke everybody in the house up, and everybody had to clean. Everybody was cleaning. I was like, you for real? And then I talked to Miss Dina, and she was like, yeah, like everybody get up. And so, hey, you, you take them losses hard. But I, I will say this. As much as I love you, I do have a joke. Because there is a star 
right? That stands for America's team. Mm. And they got that one star on each side of the helmet. And that star is because, one, that's their rating. If you get five stars, they got the one star on there. But it also is for the one and done, for the playoff. You know? So I'm just saying, like, if we put three stars on each side of the helmet, y'all might make it to the third round of the playoff. Do they have a football team down there in baseball? Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. We, we, we know for football, down man. They we, play football down there? Yes, sir. Yeah. All yes, sir. I thought y'all did down there was pick peanuts. <laughs> well, we do that too, man. We have done that. Okay. He we ain't picked no that. peanuts now. But no, we, I, I share peas. I yeah. share peas. But he'll never tell you what his team is. What is no, your team? I don't, I don't have, don't a, have team. a team. Because you don't have a team. I don't have a team. I'm with the New York football giants. Go Big Blue. Once a month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, I took my football seriously back then. But I had to go through a change. Um, when you've been diagnosed with a disability like I have, you know, it changes not only your life, but it changes your mind and it makes you know how great our wonderful God is. Yes. yes. And my story... Of ALS is when I was diagnosed, you know, the hardest thing I had to do was to come home and tell my children, Mm. my mother and my father, uh, because when they diagnosed me, you know, I went to one of the doctors in Charleston. He's a palliative care doctor. And I said, hey, doc. Give it to me straight. Mm. And he told me February 10th, 2018, he said, well, if you want it straight, Mr. McCall, i give you three to six months. Mm. And February 10th, 2024 will make six years. My oh, God. So he said one thing, but Jesus said another thing. Oh yeah, nothing but God. So, so can I share a story? Um, Sure. I remember when I first came home from my experience with the military. um, You know, military confinement and stuff. And so I came home. One of the first people outside of my wife and children that I wanted to see uh, was Big Mac because the last time that I had saw him in person. Uh, was when they took me out of the courtroom, as we discussed on the last podcast, and they took me back to this room where they shackled me and kind of escorted me away. So I left my wife with him, and so she was in good hands. Um, And so I got told Devon, I said, listen, I need to go on post and take care of some things, and um, Mac is at the clinic. I spoke to him briefly. I need to talk to him. So we stopped by there, and I noticed he had some things going on with his arms then, and my wife said, Kniz, Mac lost a lot of weight. He doesn't look like himself. And I told Devon, I said, ain't no telling with Mac, man. Mac is Mac. Is Mac. He probably didn't start working out or something like that. But um, he told me he, I always used to tease him because we'd be doing sit-ups. And he'd be like, man, I got herniated discs. I said, man, ain't nothing wrong with you, man. You're just trying to get out of doing PT. Um, but he spoke of these different things that he had, these ailments, early on in our um, friendship. And so that was that time frame. And then so... We fast forward, I go off to barbering school, finish up barbering school, and because of the things that I had experienced, the barber board was like, listen, um, there's a possibility that you can get your barber's license, but 
Um, if you can get some character letters and character witnesses to come speak on your behalf, that would be great. I didn't know of a better person than um, Randy, uh, Big Mac, and, 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 his, and his spouse. So he came to the barber board that day and he spoke on my behalf. And I noticed something about him then. So as we were leaving, well, when he had to swear in, because it's, it's a sworn um, testimony that you give on behalf um, of someone, I noticed then he needed, he had trouble lifting up his hand. And so that always resonated in the back of my mind, like whatever's going on, you know, I, I'm not going to ask him in a, in a dibble dabble in his personal life, but I pray that he's okay. Um, and then the same thing you just spoke about, I remember getting that phone call one day. I was like, man, I normally call him. He ain't going to call me because he's busy. But uh, he called me and he said, hey, but what you doing? I said, I ain't doing nothing, man. I'm just sitting here, um, you know, working or whatever. He said, uh, you got a moment? And I was working at Tracy's shop at the time. So I walked outside. I said, yeah, what's going on, Matt? He said, well, I just wanted to call you because, you know, you're near and dear to me. And uh, you mean the world to me. And I just need to let you... And my my sister and my and my kids know that uh, I've been diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and of course, like he said, Google it if you don't yeah. know much about it. I googled said, it last uh, night. It's a yeah. it's a big pill to swallow. Oh yeah. So I'm, as I'm on the phone with him, I'm trying to Google it and look <coughs> right. it up. Um, and then I, you know, in his kind voice, he said, um, and they're giving me six months, three mm. to six months to live. And so uh, I can't remember if I had a client in the chair. I just remember I got in my vehicle and I went home. And uh, I had to tell Devonda, and she broke down. And then I had to tell Ayana, and she was like, well, Dad, what is that? And, and yeah. I told CJ. And, and so we, we all sat down as a family, and we prayed because that's all I knew how to do at that time. Best thing. It was nothing that I could do based on the research yes, that I had looked at and saw. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know what to do. I think we talked a little bit shortly after that. Um, but as he said, Six years later, yeah, um, but God, you know, yeah. and I'm so so that was the the motivation behind um, really having you on today. I want you to tell a little bit more because I got some some questions for you. But you know, as we always say in this podcast, if you're gonna do something, you either do it with purpose or you do it with passion. And if you can't do neither one of them, then don't do it at all. But um, you know, we briefly touched on one of our relatives or friends in the communities who's missing the other week um and greg and i we just talked about how like we were able to hug our kids on january 1st and this young man has been missing since january 1st and then now sometimes i complain about oh this is hurting or that's hurting because i've worked long i was at the shop and you know greg you just went through two knee replacements and don't you don't look like what you've been through and even mac i want to say this to you as my dear brother as a friend you don't look like what you're going through man no, like not at all, man. I told G when we, well, I, I called G Greg or Greg G when we pulled up. I said, "Hey man, I'm about to get in trouble." He was like, "What you mean?" As soon as I got out the truck, <clears throat> I said something about the Cowboys, oh, and he was like, "Hey, boy, you, you ain't gonna be here five minutes. You ain't gonna last five minutes here today." And so I haven't been around you when you had good health and you're still in good health. But even with some of the limit, limit, you know, limits that you may have placed on you now. God is still with you, yes. and he keeps using you to inspire those people like myself. Man, there's been days being incarcerated that I wanted to give up. There's been days that I came back home not knowing how, you know, this job, looking at my application, and, you know, they want to go to my past, and starting off barbering and not knowing if I was going to build a clientele that I needed, I would think of you. Well, you know, let me let me get off of this subject. 
And I'm going to jump back to what y'all discussed in y'all last podcast. Yes, I was um, there because he is like I always promised to be. Oh, yeah. When you were going through your trials and tribulations with the military. And, you know, they asked me, and I don't talk about that a lot, but they asked me to do certain things. I said, you know what? I'm not the one. I cannot do this because he's not only my soldier, but his kids are my guy kids. Yes. I said, I can't escort him around the post, but I will be there at the court martial and I will testify if I'm asked to. Yeah. But, you know, I take that very personal because. As great as our country is, as great as our armed forces is, when you do break the rules, they do hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. However, you if you destroy a person, especially a soldier, if you tear him down, you have to build him back up. Yes. Yeah. And not only did it affect him, but that was a wife and two little babies. Yes. He took responsibility, as he was always told, for his mistakes. And a lot of people turned me back on him. But that is not what my faith taught me. And that is not what the Army taught me, okay? But I was there, and when they passed sentence on him, and they took him in the back, and they only met one person back there. That was me. Yep. So they shackled him. Fonda was crying. And I'll tell you people on this podcast, that is the closest I came in my life. While I wore the uniform for almost 30 years, that a tear <laughs> came out my eye. But because I had to hold the position of a leader, of a mentor, a godfather, and I love father like my sister, I told them, listen, the tears are over now. That ain't going to solve nothing. Because you go and take care of your time, and I will take care of of Von and the kids. Oh, yeah. That's why I told them. That was a very emotional time. And as we were getting Von, I told Von, you got to move back home, baby, because there's no way you can stay here in San Antonio and do the things that you need to do. You got to have a family support, so you need to go home. And I will help you get there if I got to pack the truck up hmm. and drive myself. But I remember one time we had a conversation in her kitchen. I said, Vonda, I know you hurt. I know you upset. And I know things look bad now. I said, but guess what? You're going to have to find a way and you're going to have to forgive him. Because if you cannot forgive him, then when you go 
before your Christ, before the maker of heaven, Father, you're going to ask for forgiveness for all the things in the world that you have done. So don't let the army destroy your family. Oh, yeah. And they show you how good God is. All you got to do is look at those children and they were little babies and look at what Father and Cornelius are doing now. Okay? Yes. I love you, brother. Yes. And I'm even more proud of you because you have done what probably me probably couldn't do. Amen. Now, Amen. I'm going to jump back on ELS. Um, yes, it was a hard decision to tell my family. But you have to understand that you retired 2016 in June, and he was diagnosed in 2017. Yeah. So he was diagnosed almost a year out of it. But they said later on, his neurologist said that he was actually showing signs of ALS prior to getting out. Wow. So, yes, when I couldn't lift my arms up to salute, was very hard. Yeah. His last, I was, his last retire, his retirement ceremony in San Antonio, um, and we have, I actually put it out on, on Randy's Battle Face page, but he had, he had a render salute. It went through the line. They saluted the flag, and he was the last to render salute. And he said to me later, and I didn't realize it until years later, he said, you know, I was worried that I would not be able to lift my arm to wow. render salute. But as far as once he was diagnosed, I wanted to tell the kids. Yeah. You know, right away I wanted to tell the kids, and he did not. And so it was almost a year, right, Randy? Yeah. It was almost a year until when he met with his palliative care doctor. And the doctor told him about, you know, as far as the diagnosis, the, the prognosis. He said that um, our, our friends would come to us and say, how's Randy doing? How, how's, has Randy had a stroke? Because Randy, it's, it's what they call subluxion of the shoulders where the arms would droop. Yeah. And so he, and the weakness of his upper body. So people were asked, our friends and family noticed something was going on with him. And so, but I would say, oh no, he's, you know, it was like basically this lie that we were just telling everybody because he wasn't ready to share. Yeah. Um, but totally understand. Th yeah, yeah. And so thank goodness um, <laughs> his doctor um, told him, and he said, you need to tell your family. You need to let them know. Because if the prognosis was three to six months, you need to allow them to mentally prepare. Mm -hmm. To mentally prepare and to tell you what they need to tell you or mm -hmm. work through it and get your house in order yeah. is basically what he was saying. Well, you know, they wanted me to sign papers about what do I want happened to me once I can't I go unconscious or I I'm at that that position in transition where I'm about to die. And I told them, I said, look status. I said, um, <laughs> I ain't here to sign no papers because <laughs> I'm not here to talk about don't die. I talk about living. Yes, amen. So amen. they tried 
time and time again to, to uh, get me a sign of paper. I'm like, look, I ain't, I'm not here. I think they finally gave up. They gave up. Well, my wife knew what I wanted done. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I had to come over and tell my family. And, you know, I've been embraced by so many people. Oh, yeah. I've been, you know... I told the story, but I got sick later on that year, 2018, mm -hmm. where I would lose I would lose vision and almost lose consciousness. So my wife rushed me to the emergency room. Oh, yeah. And they came back and said, we have to intubate him because... His oxygen level, CO2 level, was so high, they had to intubate me. They did it so quick that my wife, her being a nurse, and she actually worked at that hospital. They was like, Mr. McCall, you have to leave. And before I went under, I remember calling her name, saying, Gina, don't go. And there was a doctor that was escorting her out the door. Well, I woke up about, I want to say four or five days later, I was in Charleston in ICU. Yeah. And I stayed in ICU for over 40 days mm. on my back. Intubated two weeks, couldn't talk, and trying to figure out what was going to happen. Oh, yeah. When I, I was already talking in the tone and telling my wife, hey, you know, I got this bank account over here you don't know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I cause I don't want to be, you know. He was trying to get everything in order. And my kids were around about my bed, and I'm telling, telling them this is what I expect of them once my time comes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had lost. I almost came to the end of the edge of falling off. But let me tell you something about my wife. We know each other so well. We think alike. And we tell each other all the time, you know what? I was just getting ready to tell you this. That's a team, man. Yeah. And oh, yeah. my wife contacted one of my soldiers. I contacted a bunch of soldiers. Yeah, because I but came down. She contacted, yeah. well, just they... She contacted one of my soldiers. His name is Roy Sharp. Yeah. He's a dentist. He's a doctor down. And when I was at my lowest point, when he walked into my room, it was like God shining a light, sent me a message through him and said, you know what? You got to give up. Mm. And you got to start living. I'm telling you, my father was a pastor, my uncle was a pastor, and they stayed by my bed many nights. And I know all my friends and my family kept me in prayer. I know this. Like I say, Cadiz, one of my closest in this world was there. But to Jesus, he sent Roy there, and just looking at that soldier face, 
I knew I could not let him down. I could not let my wife and my children down, my family down. I had to get up. That's how God works through people. Yes. Oh, yes. So I like to say that with Jesus, the Holy Spirit in him, connected with the Holy Spirit in me, through God's grace and only God's grace, yeah. I'm here today and I can tell the story. And living life like we joke about the cowboy. Yes, I love the cowboy, but I don't love the cowboy more than I love my wife. Amen. My children. Amen. My savior. Yes. And my God. Yes. So I am living every day with this disability. I am not sick. I just live with disability. And if you live long enough in this world, yes. you will have a disability too. Oh, yeah. But my mind, my heart, my focus, and my inspiration is looking forward and living every day to the fullest mm. and being an example and inspiring those. Or when you think you got it bad, Oh my goodness. I can promise you somebody else yes. has it worse. Yeah. So I'll yeah. take any questions you want to throw at me. And that's like when we're out and about, we yeah. have had so many people come up to us and say, I will never complain again. Never. Never. I will never complain again. Never. I mean, there was a, you know, we went out to eat one day at, in, at one of our restaurants, and one of our favorite restaurants, but there was a gentleman, Randy's in a chair, but there was a gentleman in a chair, and he had, he was a bilateral amputee, and, and, and th same thing, I will never complain. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say, uh, you said that a, you were living with uh, AIS, a ALS, but uh, just thinking about it, man, just meeting you for the first time, uh, I feel like a hey, ALS is living with you, man, because you are a true living testimony, a true miracle, yeah. man. Just seeing you, hey, for the first time, um, you haven't a hey, complain, moan, groan about anything the whole time I've been here, the, the couple hours or whatever, man. I just want to say uh, uh, triple salute to you for being a veteran, being um, thank you, brother, thank hey, you, Cornelius, being a veteran or whatever, man, a hey, um, I gave him a hard time about being a veteran man and the stuff he, he did, whatever. I don't, I don't feel like a, I, well, I don't feel like a, he was out there fighting, you know, to save us or whatever. But a, he's actually a veteran or whatever. But a, I see all the accolades, man, he just around gets your a discount. room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just getting a discount, Mr. McCall. Well, I see all the accolades, man, you have around here, man, and um, just uh, uh, your story, man. I, I went back last night when I texted Kanish and I was like, hey, well. Uh, What's what's his name, man? He was like a hey, Randy McCall. So I pull up Randy McCall and uh, Randy's battle come up, man. And they, I just start looking at the pictures and um, just start looking at all the accolades, man, whatever. And it's just a, it's pretty much a miracle, man, that a, a guy with all your accolades that has done all the things you've done, been all over the world, and you are now a uh, ALS is living with you. 
yeah. whatever. I'm not gonna say you living with ALS. ALS well, is living with ALS you because is hey, a sidekick. Yeah, I can sidekick, tell you. Man. I can tell you I feel this. Like you winning this battle, man. Well, I'll say this: there is probably no greater job on this earth than serving your country. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And willing to put your life on the line for freedom yeah. because it ain't free. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now. And I was very successful at all those things. I was very physical, very active. And I would, everybody who saw me, I walked strong. I walked with my head up. I showed a lot of pride. But when you have going through something such as ELS, you realize that, you know, you can't fight this battle alone. No. no. So I honestly believe in my heart, in my spirit, that God put me here for a reason. And whatever he puts on me, yeah. he will see me through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I had to change a lot of things in my life. First of all, you got to give up pride. Yes. Okay, if you can't give up pride, you're going to be in trouble. Because I get dressed every day, undressed every night. My wife and my two daughters, they are there. They are my co-providers. So a lot of people don't have the pride. They don't want my kids to see me sick. I don't see my kids to see me going through something. That's how I felt. I felt that being a leader, your health and your welfare should be last and everything. Your soldiers and their families and the army, they go first. That's what a leader supposed to do. But I had to give up pride. And my kids, they had to also give up pride. We need to stay together. So when I'm having a hard time breathing, or if I got to go to the bathroom, I got to get washed up. It's my wife and my children that are there. So we are committed to each other. Great team, man. Yes. And, you know, I gave up that, and I had to realize that I could still be an inspiration on somebody. Everybody. And somebody out there needs help. But I had to get myself together. And I'm still working every day to get myself together. And I'm going to share this with my partner, Greg and Cornelius. I had to get my spiritual life together. Amen. Yeah. So... 30 years in the Army, up and down. One thing I never did was focus on my spiritual side. So first thing I had to do was I had to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And I had to rejoin the church, my family church. And I'm going to be baptized here in the next couple of weeks because I have given my life to Christ. Great. That's so great. I, all this is coming around in a circle. 
And that brings me to Randy's battle. Yeah. I couldn't believe my she was singing to him. She came up with the idea of Randy's battle. Randy's battle is an organization, I'm going to say, that is set out to inspire those that live with ALS to show them that you can still be active in your community. Anything you want to do, technology has brought us even closer to living a productive life. So we raise money every year that contributes to the ALS Foundation. Randy's Barrel holds a walk. Every year, we've been doing it now for how many years, dear? Oh, we don't hold the walk. The ALS Foundation. ALS holds the walk, but we... <laughs> We're participants, but we you might as well say it's your we walk. We raise money. <laughs> yeah. I, but, walk, I walked this past year, my wife and my kids and I, and um, not to interrupt your flow, but I have to touch on that. So when we get out there, they got the DJs, they got the different tents, and um, we had made a contribution, and you get a T-shirt, and, and I... The contribution to me was a way of, I could never repay Randy for what he's been right. to me in my life, right? Um, but if this is a cause that he says, hey, we need to contribute, and hey, I want to contribute, and I want to be a part of it. And so we get our shirts or whatever, and then we walk. Um, we walk along the, is that the Broad River the we river, walked along? The river walk. The river walk. We, we walk, and they said, well, you can go out two-point miles, or you can go all the way to the end. Now, mind you, I took that day off because the year before, I was supposed to come, and I right. think Ayana had a cheer competition or a dance competition. We were unable think, to make yeah. it. Yeah, I think she had a pageant. A pageant. Yeah. And so uh -huh. we did go, but this year I said, no, I'm going. Um, and so I walked, and as we were on our way back, um, I kind of separated myself from my wife and my kids, and I just put some worship music on. I was just walking. It reminded me of my PT days, and I just began to, like, be in tears. And I had a whole breakdown, and we got our way back towards the end, and I stopped. And so I just grabbed my knees, and the kids are like, Dad, you okay? I was like, man, my knees are bobbing. My knees are bobbing. But I just had an emotional moment to where what we were walking for. Well, what we were walking for is those individuals out there that need help. Whether you're going through depression, whether you're looking for somebody for well care, health care, or whatever you may need as far as to make your life a productive and comfortable life on a daily basis. We are there to support that cause. And I'm proud to say that the years we've been doing this, we have raised almost over $40,000 to the ALS Foundation. That's a blessing. blessing. We are not done. I'm not done. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I don't look back. I just give God the grace and the glory for where I'm at right now, at this moment, sharing with my friends. I just met Greg for the first time. And it's truly an honor, Greg, to meet you. The pleasure is all yours, man. And I've come too far to turn back now. Yeah. I got to go on. Yes. I'm going to play this book out. I'm going to play this story out. To the good Lord, say, well done. Yes, till the wheels fall off, man. That's and they, right. That's, that's, and I'm thinking, we, we say it all the time, that a, a God give his, his toughest 
toughest jobs too is his toughest soldiers, you know, or whatever. And hey, I feel like hey, if it's any job tougher than the one that you have now, and you're like I've been saying the whole time, you're a living testimony, man. But hey, and I just want to commend you for taking on this job that God has placed upon you. Because I told Cornelius on the last podcast about uh, everything that he went through. I was like, hey, God had a plan. God has a plan for yes, all of us, does. man. Or whatever. We never know yes. what the plan is. We just got to hey, live it through or whatever. That's right. Hey, and he lived this plan through. And hey, God had a plan for you or whatever. And hey, he put something on you that hey, made you get closer to him. Hey, made your team get stronger than what? Uh, the Bulls back in the 90s when they had yeah, Mike. I want to say the Cowboys, yeah. they ain't had nothing to happen. Hey, 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 my, my, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Cowboys we back in the 90s. Cowboys back Super Bowl. in the 90s when they had Mike Irvin. Man, come on, yeah, we are winning five Super Bowl. and all that, man. But, hey, hey, you can't team, win it every year. Yeah, you can't win it every year. Yeah, you see <laughs> the Giants, man. We ain't winning. You definitely ain't going to win it losing in the first round. But that's good. I'll tell you what. But anyway, tell, getting back to the ALS. Yeah, tell me off this, my back. Tell me off yeah, my back. This team, <laughs> this team that he has around him, man, when I come in, yeah. hey, his daughters, we bringing out the mic, man, and his daughters, hey, <laughs> I believe she was a hey, one of the temptations. Yeah, so much she wanted to dance. Yeah, man. So hey, rough they yeah, all think they can sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, but this team he has around him, man, is amazing. And it's, it's phenomenal, hey, man. It's pretty much a hey, the reason why he's still here, man. He still has work to do, man. That's why the Lord yeah. keep waking him up. Every morning, man, well, he got work for him to do. Well, like I tell people, I don't have to walk. If Jesus want me to walk, Amen. He will say, "Get up and walk." Amen. Okay, but yeah. I got a tremendous support group. There's Amen. so many names that we don't have enough time in a day. But if you are Randy's battle team, this is a shout out to all the people over the world. Add me to the list. Yes, sir, Greg. Welcome to the team, brother. Yes, sir. We'll get you a shirt. Yes, sir. All right. All my veterans, all my soldiers, and your families, everyone that got my back and showed up to walk with me. I'm in All there. my friends, my high school classmates, Hillcrest Wildcat alumni, Knoxville College alumni, all those that got me in your prayers. Don't feel sorry for me. Get on my team, pray with me, and let's go out here and let's accomplish what God is intended for us yes. to do. Which is to spread his word. Amen. And show love. Amen. And love each other no matter who you are or what you do. Okay? One love. One love, people. Yeah. One love. Well, I wanna, one love. I want to make a, a, a commitment from doing it with Purpose Podcast because... We have a team. We got a three-member team right now, but, you know, we smaller numbers, but we got a big job to do. And part of the inspiration for doing this podcast really came from you. The last time I came down and we had a conversation, you know, we were actually watching the Cowboys during a preseason game. Yeah. And uh, you said, cut the TV down, cut the TV down. And you said, whatever God has for you to do, you need to just do it. Just do it. And so Devonda went out and got all this equipment, and I hesitated and hesitated and hesitated. And then um, something hit me. I said, going into 2024, I'm going to finish what I started. Whatever that is. Right. Well, I am not surprised about anything you do, Kadir, because like I said, when you have a gift that God gives you, no man can strip that away from you. Okay? Yeah, if it's for you, it's for you. That's right. The gift will make room for you. So yeah. I, I am so excited 
And I can't tell y'all again how thankful I am because of what we're doing here today. And I hope that what we're doing here today can inspire many, many, many people all over this country. Because we need we need inspiration. Yes. Okay? And the rule of thumb is if it only touches one, we That's did our it. job. But, you yeah. know, even the knowledge that you share, because, like, with, with ALS... Um, with the military, and he goes to the VA. So the the VA in Charleston has an ALS clinic. We go every three months. Um, And there he sees his team. His team consists of a neurologist, a physical therapist, a speech therapist, his palliative care doctor. It's just a group of people, his wheelchair representative. Um, Anybody and everybody is there. So we don't have to get my trait changed. Yeah, his ENT doctor to change his trait. Um, so everything is in place for him. And so, like, with the ALS Foundation, um, the, AL- the ALS Foundation raises money not just for a cure and for research. They also raise money for um, to help people bridge the gap. Yeah. You know, there's a lending closet in Columbia, for the, the ALS lending closet. Not everybody has access to VA yes, ma'am. Um, services. Mm-hmm. If there's a person in the community that has ALS, they could go to the ALS lending closet and they say, well, we need a bed or we need a chair or we need, and if they have it, they, they can get it. it. Yeah. Not everybody has access to a van. Yes, ma'am. You know, we've, you know, you hear so many bad things about the VA. The VA has been good to me. Been exceptional. Yeah. ALS is, ALS is a hundred percent connected to military service yeah. so far. It's also you will see uh, the um, professional football players. Some have had um, been diagnosed with ALS. They're trying to also. Um, Connected to the, the head trauma, head trauma. concussion, which Randy played football in high school, played football in college, but then he was in the military. Played so, football in the country too, and no helmets, nothing. Yeah, t-shirt, yeah, shorts, you know, went down. Yeah, probably went. Leave Russia, leave Russia, crash wood. T-shirt, short pants, and no shoes. They don't know. That probably started. Yeah, that's where it started. Yeah, they don't know what. Cause ALS, but they if they're in the military, it's a hundred percent connected. So he is a hundred percent disabled. He gets all the services. Um, and but the thing is, if you don't know what's out there for you, a lot of times with disability, um, with veterans that have disabilities, they don't know information unless they talk to another veteran. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh. Yeah. I didn't know I could do that. Yeah. Or, yeah. oh, I didn't know that was available for me. So my thing is, uh, if you needed to or you wanted to, you can always reach out to Randy's Battle. Oh, yeah. Yes, and, we And we're going to post it. We're yeah, going to post the links and the, and the and, website and everything know, the on the pages. And uh, all the information pertaining to Randy's Battle, how you can contribute, the web page, right. um, how you can get involved. We're going to add that to the to Because that money that we raised, so last year we raised over $19,000 yeah. for our walk. That money does not go to Randy. No. That no. goes to the ALS Foundation, yes, South Carolina ALS Foundation. 100%. But we'll have people come up and give us money, like take him out to dinner. <laughs> you know, I'm like... He's okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's, like I it's, need it's, more laying, food, huh? it's laying on their heart to yeah. do something. Yeah. 
And that's just it. And it doesn't have to be for us. Do it for somebody in the community that might yeah. need that help. You know, and that and that's kind of where we are as we grow older. We're looking, and he's looking at what he can do in our community. Yes, ma'am. You know? Well, we about to turn Red's Bell into a nonprofit organization. So oh, we yeah. are going. We are. Our goal is not only to support the ALS Foundation, but to support anybody out there that's suffering with some sort of disability or some medical issue. And what you need to know that. Even though you might be going through something, you are loved, always. And I want to give a shout-out to caretakers. There's a lot of people out there that take care of people that's disabled, and they need support also. And I don't think they get enough credit. No, they don't. They need support also. So we try to reach out to everyone that we're just going through, because we take something about love. Love has nothing to do with what you receive. No, what you saw is everything you that you give. Yeah. Okay, that's what love is. What that's you it. give your time yeah. to, and, that's and, what you and, love. And, and the thing is, as we get older, we have little and little and time, little. time is going and it's yes. going quickly, yeah. and you don't realize it until you turn around and look and you see your son yeah. is going to prom, yeah. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. you know, or your daughter is graduating from college, and you're like, my time is not long here. Yes, what can I do? You well, know. before we end this, I, can I give a few shout outs? Sure. Okay, one second. One second. Well, one he's second, got, he got questions. Hold on, great. Okay, great. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> one second before you get a shout out. Uh, before the podcast started, we talked to, uh, we got you on tape, we got you on video, uh, Big Mac. Hey, uh, Miss McCall, we talked about you telling where all the money was here at. So <laughs> you got to get that up first. <laughs> nah, go ahead, man. Get a shout out, man. Get a shout out. Before you shout out, I want to I wanna, I wanna commit something. If, and if, God willing, and, and uh, we're all here and able, and I believe we will be, because God has tremendous work for all of us. But um, whenever you all get the 501C set up and you all have an event, um, let us know. We want to be there to support, but we want to bring this whole setup back out. Absolutely. And uh, go live. And we want to sure. reach as many people right. so that way you can create the audience that you all need to get things accomplished. This podcast isn't about... Um, how many subscribers, how many followers. It's about being an inspiration. I'll do you um, one better than that. When I have my walk this year, I would love to have you guys come out with it. and set yeah. up. I we would will. love that. We'll be there. And yeah. We'll interview the ALS uh, Foundation individuals and get the information out because, you know, we look at it, social media and all these platforms. That's how you right. reach people yes. nowadays. But yeah. anytime that we can do anything um, to uh, help well, the community and share uh, and, and speaking of which, I want to say this. On record, on camera, on YouTube, all the links that we have, I want to say thank you for being my best friend. Thank you for being the best leader that I ever had. Thank you for being the best example that I could see um, in many days. And thank you for giving me your best. And um, I learned this reading all these leadership books. You know, When you give someone your best, you believe in them. You encourage them, you share with them, and you trust them. And you have believed in me since the day that I met you. Well, they call me Shrek. <laughs> you didn't encourage me since and the day that I met you. And they call you Donkey. And they call me Donkey. Okay. You shared and you trust me. And so you giving me your best. Um, and so uh, we have a, a, a partnership. We have a friendship. We have a brotherhood. 
um, as we continue to bring people in. Like I say, Greg's first day meeting you, you met his brother Man. years and years ago. You met his first cousin years and years ago. And um, my family has always been your family and vice versa. I, I will say this. I'm talking to a young man who we're trying to get to come on the show, right? He's, yes. He's from Sumter. I ain't going to share his name yet because he's going to be surprised when we bring him on the show. But I looked on his page and I was like, man, you're from Sumter. And he was like, yeah, well, my, my mom, she lived in Gaston, but um, yeah, I kind of, I, I grew up down there in something or whatever. I said, well, do you know any McCall's? He was like, nah, not really. Um, the only McCall I ever knew was Kevin. I said, Kevin? I said, that's, that's, that's Big Mac brother. He's like, who is Big Mac? I said, well, I, that's, that's Kevin is, is Big Mac's little brother. I said, um, but I know Kevin. I said, Kevin drive trucks? Was Kevin dad a preacher? He was like, yeah. I said, I know Kevin McCall, man. So shout out to Kevin. Um, but it's a small world. It's yes. a small world. So um, I want you to do us a favor. Yes. Um, Greg's going to give our little motto um, about doing it with purpose. We'll collaborate together on that. And then after we do that motto, if you give your shout outs, that's how we're going to end the show. That's we're going to cool. end the show I'm with cool you giving with your shout outs. So, Greg, yeah. if you'll take us on home, man. Well, the name of the show is, well, the name of the podcast is Doing It With Purpose. Yeah. So if you're not doing it with purpose and passion, then you're don't not do doing it at all. all. That's right. Exactly. And so with Mac, we want to thank you all. Miss Dina, thank you all thank for you. Thanks having for us having here. Us. Thanks for allowing us to come down and you share your story. But Mac, we want to give you the opportunity to shout out, you know. Okay, well, I want to first of all shout out to the most graceful Heavenly Father for letting us Amen. be able to gather Amen. here today. Shout out to my family. Okay? Awesome. Man. Shout out to all my brothers and my sisters out there that spread the word. Shout out to Grand Hill Missionary Baptist Church, our pastor, our shepherd, our leader, Reverend Pastor Witherspoon, and shout out to the Grand Hill family. Shout out to one of my greatest friends, John Ray Martin, that's doing good things up in Greenville. He has a organization called Sunday Dinner with a Twist, and where he goes around and gives out food and support. To the homeless. So shout out to you, Red, and what you do. You're doing great. Shout out to Sheila and her family for starting Randy's Battle. And remember, if you want to be part of the team, you're welcome. Go to Randy's Battle on my Facebook, and you can have all the information that you need. Okay? And I just can't say enough again, Craig and Cornelius, for having me here. If I don't admit anybody, I am truly sorry. But y'all know my love is there, and we're always there. Oh, shout out to my family down there in Florida. <laughs> okay. All right, I love you all. Thank you so much for allowing me to take up so much of your time. And like they say, I end this with one thing. The greatest praise of all to God. It's hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Thank y'all for letting me be here. Thank I'm you out. for having us, sir. All right. All right. Appreciate you. Trip salute. Thank you for coming out. God bless. And good, good night. night.